Pete the Vet is here with us. Good to see you, Pete. Good to see you, Sheila. We have a ton of texts already coming in. People on the line wanting to talk to you. Just before we go to the, the, the phone phone lines, um, you want to talk about pedigree dogs. Well, it's kind of in the air at the moment. There was a, In the States, there was a Westminster dog show a few weeks ago. Next week, it's Crufts in, in England. And then the, the week after that, it's the St. Patrick's Day um, dog show in Ireland. So pedigree dogs are all in the air at the moment. And and there's this big, there was a program on this week, Pedigree Dogs Exposed, three years on. That was, I don't know if you saw the program a few years ago. Kind of, it was a, it was a big program in the BBC in the UK. And okay. it really put the cat amongst the pigeons. Revealing really that pedigree dogs suffer from more illnesses than yeah I'd heard that right yeah, dogs yeah, yeah, yeah. and and kind of asking the question why um, the breed societies and the kennel clubs aren't doing more to deal with that issue and why they're focusing so much on appearance when the dogs are actually suffering from serious illnesses. Where do you stand on it yourself? Well, I I, I think that um, the program made some very good points and. Um, Thanks to the pressure of the programme, there's been a number of initiatives that have been started that really move the focus more towards health rather than just appearance in dog shows. But there's a lot more to be done. Um, and, I mean, it's, there are still animals being bred, which you can just see from looking at them that they've, they're have they born with horrible problems, like dogs with terrible skin folds or with interned eyelids or indeed with inherited mm. diseases. We, As a vet, I know that um, pet insurance for pedigree dogs costs about 50% more than for crossbred dogs, and that's because they're more likely to get sick. At the same time, when you get a pedigree dog, you get a known quantity. You get a, um, you, you know, it's predictable what a puppy's going to turn out like because you know from its parents and its grandparents and its great-grandparents. So you're buying something that's quite special, but the message really I'd be giving out is that owners should be aware of what they're getting into and they should research the health aspects of the particular breed they're going to buy before they buy a pedigree dog. And there's a very good website called pedigreedogs.ie mm. um, which somebody has set up because of their passion for pedigree dogs because there is a lot of kind of back chat against pedigree dogs because of all this stuff. Um, and, you know, yes, pet, yes, crossbred dogs are, often are healthier and there are lots of rescue dogs that need homes. And so, yes, that's all good. But there still is a place for pedigree dogs. And if you go to the website, like the one I mentioned, pedigreedogs.ie, you'll find there's quite a bit of advice there on, on okay, the best great. way to buy one. Pop your headphones on. Sure. We want to go to the phone line straight away. We have Sarah in Cork. Uh, Sarah, you have a question about your cat for Pete. Hi, yeah, that's right. Um, I have a small cat. She's about three. Uh, I don't know exactly what age she is because I took her in as a stray. Um, but recently, in about the past week or so, I've noticed that that layer of skin on her eyes that uh, I would have seen before, you know, if she was had been asleep and she's just waking up or was very relaxed. Um, it kind of comes out from the corner of her eyes. Um, in the past week, that hasn't it hasn't been kind of retracting properly. It's as if it's there all the time. Ah, yes. um, it, it doesn't seem to be affecting her vision, and she's perfectly happy otherwise. She's eating well. Uh, yes. And she hasn't had an upset stomach or anything like that. Uh, no, she seems uh, completely normal, other than that. But it looks really strange. It's quite it's quite common. It's called HAW, H A W, that particular oh. condition, and it um, it can actually be caused by by a number of different things. A lot of people don't realise this, but cats have got three eyelids: an upper eyelid, a lower eyelid, and a third eyelid, and it comes out from the corner of their eye across the front of their eye. And I had no idea about it. Yeah, dogs have them. A lot of animals have them. Okay. Humans don't. <laughs> we look a bit strange with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's like extra protection for the eye. If, if you're in a, a dusty, windy environment, yeah. the third eyelid can shoot across and give the eye extra protection. Um, and if a cat's a little bit dehydrated or if it's suffering from a mild viral disease or worms, perhaps, then the third eyelid coming across is a sign that the cat's a bit unwell. So, you know, if a cat's bright and cheerful and eating and absolutely no other sign of ill health, then I think it is OK just to monitor it. But if it goes on for more than a, than a few days, I really would be saying you ought to get it checked out by your vet to make sure there's nothing else going on under the surface. Um, okay. 
And if you haven't wormed in recent times, did you give her a worm dose recently? Um, no, not recently. Well, certainly, I would I would go to your vet and get a broad-spectrum wormer for her to make sure she's not picked up some worms that could be bothering her. So it's really just a sign of, of vague ill health. And it's not something to ignore, okay. but neither is it something to panic and say, oh, I've got to rush to the emergency vet about this or anything like that. Okay. Does that um, makes sense? Yeah, that's very helpful. I'll get that worming stuff from the vet. Um, I was also wondering, um, just in terms of feeding her, um, when we got her first and had her neutered, we were advised um, just to give her dried food um, and water and no milk. Um, and I was wondering, is that correct? That's absolutely fine. Um, I mean, good quality dried food is is perfectly adequate for cats. The one thing you should be aware of, that everybody should be aware of, is that obviously if a cat's eating dried food, it doesn't take in as much fluid because mm. tinned food is 80% water. So that means that as a consequence, a cat's urine is slightly more concentrated when it's fed on dry food compared to tinned food. And that doesn't cause a problem in nearly all cases, but a small number of cats will be more prone to urinary tract problems such as cystitis mm. or other issues. So like my take on it is, yeah, it's fine to feed dried food and, and water and it's very convenient and very economical and all sorts of things. But if your cat does develop urinary tract problems, then you should at that stage think about changing them onto moist food. And so probably for most people it's, it's a good idea just to give your cat occasional moist food just so they don't get out of the idea so that they, they can, okay. you know, if you do have to change to, to tin food, that they like it. Because I've known some cats that have never had tin food and when they were offered it, because they had to be, they can kind of go, what's that stuff? And they don't really like it, mm. you know, so. Sorry. Sorry. Give her tinned food the odd time, and she's very enthusiastic about it. So I don't. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Keep on doing that problem. from time to time. Okay. Sarah, right. best okay. of luck. We're going to have to Thank leave you. it there, okay? And and Thanks good luck with million. all of that. Not at all. And thanks for calling in to us. I'm just conscious that we have like a ton of text that's, to get through. Okay, let's, so let's fly take through a them. Quick, we're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back to answer as many of them as possible right after these.